You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Freedom of movement, the right to privacy. Both are concepts you've probably thought about a little bit differently since the lockdowns and civil liberty intrusions that started in 2020. Even farther back, if you really think about it. Well, our friends at privacypost.io have you covered of something that you're probably going to want to know about if you value both of those things. Privacypost.io is a privacy-by-default virtual mail and business center designed for the location-independent, expat, an international entrepreneur community. Anyone seeking financial freedom should consider privacypost.io. Their services include virtual mail, a professional business address, privacy trust services, company formation, and a Portugal D7 residency and virtual domicile in the privacy-respecting and income-tax-free state of South Dakota. PrivacyPost.io protects you from third parties, overreaching government agencies, and complicit cloud-based platforms invading your personal, private, and business information. Privacy is freedom of association, expression, commerce, and mobility. Isn't it time you took it a bit more seriously? PrivacyPost.io is your partner in freedom. Go to PrivacyPost.io for more information today. yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Is it okay to talk about Bob Saget being dead? I know it's not new. Happened a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's still it's still bothering me. And I'll be honest, I was not a big Bob Saget fan. I knew he was the guy from Full House, but I I never watched it. And I don't think I ever remember watching him on America's Funniest Home Videos. Um, remember that Dave Chappelle skit where he said, you know, that he used to suck dick for coke? That was about it, but I I didn't even really remember that. I did go see him when he came to Milwaukee back in October because I, you know, make fun of me if you want. I knew him as Bob Saget from Instagram. And then when I went to go actually see him perform his stand-up routine, that was when he talked about Full House and America's Funny Some Videos. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that is him. 
don't know what that says about me. If you're a listener of the Second Print Comics podcast, uh, you know that my co-host Mark Clare constantly brings up things from like the 80s or early 90s that I just don't understand. Like the fact that I thought the leading cast of Cheers were Woody Harrelson and Kirstie Alley. Apparently I was wrong about that. That's okay. Marcus never played Skyrim. Who's the bigger loser on that one, huh? You can keep your cheers. I will go fight the clans and unite Skyrim to fight against those imperial scum each and every time. Welcome back. Uh, today's topic brought to me by listeners like you. All this advice is free. Or it can be yours for $1.99. You know, somebody tried pulling a joke like that the other day. I was like, hey, can, can, can you give me your advice on this? It's like, well, I could give it to you free or $1.99. And I, I thought it was funny, so I thought I'd try it out here. And it's it's not funny. Um, anyway, uh, big topic today brought to me by a few of you. Um, I want to go ahead and say thank you to everyone who downloads the show, who shares it. Um, those of you that have left a five-star rating and review as always, I know I bring this up all the time, but it always, um, it's always very heartwarming to see that the last couple months, especially, I want to say from August, uh, through the beginning of January, we, we got to do a lot together because, um, I took a more public approach on advocating for certain GoFundMe campaigns and, uh, charitable events And um, together, we raised thousands of dollars for people. Some people are our family, some people are our friends, and some people were strangers. Um, You know, for my my good friend Johnny Adams, whose puppy had Parvo, we went ahead and raised um, close to $1,000 for those medical treatments, and his dog beat the odds. That's not something that typically puppies survive, but uh, he he did he did well, and um, you know I had the opportunity to really get a lot of you in on sharing and donating and promoting charitable events that um, you know were not things that people wanted to necessarily have to talk about. Um, we raised money for funerals for people who could not afford a funeral for a loved one. We raised money for medical treatments for people with, um, you know, severe um, conditions like, you know, young millennials with debilitating arthritis because of a genetic condition. We raised money for people whose houses were flooded. And I made sure that for each, um, you know, for, for each time I asked you to share and donate that I was promoting and donating my own money. I can say, and I didn't even realize it until I started going over stuff for taxes, that uh, 2021 was the year where I gave the most amount of money to charity. And uh, it was not something I intended on doing, especially since I was unemployed for almost half the year. But um, it it was just something I did. And, um, you know, I, I, I give like, you know, 10, 20, $50 here, $100 there. I gave $200 to the Kelly Street Boxing Club 
um, who we talked about last week, and um, John Russell went ahead and reached out to me and told me that he got somebody in town to go ahead and donate a new roof to the gym. So, I mean, it's just been amazing. And uh, word must be getting around that I'm throwing money at people because some of you have reached out to me asking to donate to GoFundMe campaigns and stuff for friends who are dealing with medical bills and other things like that. And uh, I have to show a bit more discernment now because um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more... I'm a bit more cautious about some of the campaigns where it's like, I stub my toe, give me a million dollars. Uh, some of you, I think, are are pulling my, uh, you know, pull, yanking my chain on that one. But uh, for the most part, I mean, this is why I set out to be. We did an episode a while back called No Time to Die. And in that episode, which I think is probably one of the most important monologues I've done ever, I went ahead and said, I want to be the person who can write somebody a check to fix an immediate problem in their life instead of setting up a GoFundMe campaign because I can't do something for myself that would otherwise be a giant burden on my life or be a giant burden on my loved ones and family. I want to be the person that can go ahead and be radically kind. And, uh, you know, it. it's not something that we're conditioned to feel appropriate saying, but I'm going to say it. Money doesn't solve a lot of problems, but a lot of problems can be solved with money. And uh, if that ain't the truth, I, I don't know what is, because money can't solve a lot of freaking problems. In that No Time to Die episode, I said, I want to be the person that can afford to pay for a stranger's funeral instead of asking strangers to pay for mine. Or worse, well, let me put it this way. Instead of having one of my loved ones ask strangers to pay for my wedding. I'm sorry, not, not my wedding. Fuck. It's, it's a long night. I, 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 I want to be the person who can afford to pay for a stranger's funeral instead of having my loved ones ask strangers to pay for my funeral. That's it. That's it. Words, words are escaping me, but you get what I mean. That's what happens when I try and sound smart. I end up just sounding stupid in the process. You get what I mean. And, um, you know, it's, it's been one of those things where it's like I, I wasn't setting out to do this, but it was just something that happened. And, you know, I, I believe God puts opportunities in front of us where we, uh, we're, we're, when we feel called to take action, we, we take action. And that's what I did. And a lot of you did the same. I'm really... Uh, happy for that. But, you know, this is a point in my life I never thought I would be in. I remember for many years I was asking people for money, asking people to help me out with projects and things because I, I didn't have two nickels to run together. I gave a, a friend of mine um, a producer credit in a, documentary, uh, in a documentary I produced in 2017, and uh, it was because he was the only person willing to give me any money, and he gave me 50 bucks. And um, at the time I thought, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. It's, it's amazing how much your life can change in a few years. You know, I, I never told you guys how much the first big check I got from freelancing was. Um, this was at a time where I was working a full-time job, but I was still doing some consultations on the side, and I was a subcontractor. So I wasn't even the lead contractor for this project. A friend of mine subcontracted me, 
And she was like, here, I'm just going to go ahead and write you a check for 50 bucks. You'll do 30 minutes of work. And it'll, I'm sorry, for $500. Uh, she said, I'll write you a check for $500. You'll do 30 minutes of work. Easiest money you ever made. And I was like, damn, I'll do it. And I did it. And uh, she wrote me a check for $500. And I was like, God, if I'm the subcontractor and this was just throwaway money for her because she didn't want to do some work, how much was she making from the overall gig? <laughs> and, um, you know, I kept... I kept with my side hustle work and my side projects and my concern, my little fiefdom of skills that make up, you know, I guess I call it a business now. And um, I, I kept through that through times of employment, through times of unemployment. I just, I just kept up with it. And um, recently, in the, the month of January, so this month, I went ahead and got several new clients. And after looking at the books and everything and receiving payments, I found that I made almost half of what I do make from my salary job. And to put it in perspective, through side hustles, consulting, copywriting, podcasting, all that side gig alone money, I made enough to not only pay next month's rent, but also all my utilities, a full tank of gas, and all my groceries. Which means that next month, I will have a surplus of money compared to what I'm typically used to having. And um, it, it shocked the shit out of me. When I'm like, this is almost half what I bring home from my salary job. Um, you know, I've talked for years about the importance of passive income, about the importance of active income through additional streams outside of your one income job, which is your primary source of income. And, uh, you know, I was happy when I would make a few hundred dollars a month. I was, I was really happy when I could make a, a, you know, a lot of hundreds a month, but to actually see that I was making, you know, thousands of dollars, side work, it, it really did blow my mind. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've kind of kept a good chunk of that money. I took about 25, 30% of it. And I immediately invested into some ETFs. I, uh, I, I bought a gift for my fiance because I just wanted to be kind. And then the rest I, uh, have kept in cash except for, you know, several hundred that I donated to the Kelly Street Boxing Club and to a, and to a friend's GoFundMe uh, for one of her friends. So other, otherwise, I'm, I'm keeping the rest of it to, uh, you know, go towards all those things I listed earlier. So that way, as soon as all those bills are paid, I've got several thousand more that I'm going to decide whether or not I'm going to uh, uh, hold in cash in a high-interest savings account or if I'm going to go immediately invest it. It's a, it, it's a good time to be me. And I, I'm not saying that in like an egotistical way. I, um, I signed up through, through a friend that I met through jiu-jitsu. I signed up for this. Uh, it, it's kind of like an online mentoring accountability program. And it, it's not necessarily therapy or something like that. But basically, um, you're assigned a coach and what he does is he sends you daily reminders and you have to go ahead and fill out basically a, a journal entry. And at the end of the week, 
he goes ahead and gives you feedback based off your entries. And one of the questions is, did you do a, me, uh, a minute of deep breathing exercises and meditation or prayer? Check that off. And then you, the next question is, right, about something that you're grateful for today. And uh, for, for the first couple of weeks that we were doing this, um, you know, I, I looked at my pattern. I looked at my entries that I filled in daily. And the biggest thing I was grateful for was just to feel like less of a burden to other people and to be thankful for the amazing opportunities I've been given and the fact that now I'm at a stage in my life where I could be a blessing to others and where I can share in my abundance. Because now I get to be the person who can use money, which is an amazing tool, which is the tool we can use to fix a lot of problems, to help a lot of people. Some people I know and some people I'll never meet. And the people I'll never meet matter almost as much as the people that I have a genuine connection relationship with because I still know that I am putting something positive into somebody else's life and that those lives will impact other lives and those other lives will impact other lives. And I have put more good into the world than if I didn't have this abundance and if I didn't have these opportunities. Um, I struggled with debilitating depression for, for years. And the big thing that would overwhelm me was the fact that I felt like I was not only draining from the world, but I felt like I was a cancer unto, unto other people and that I made other people's lives worse. This is the exact opposite of that. I'm not going to lie. I bought some, like, when I was really starting to make more money over the, this past year, um, I bought some things. I'll tell you one thing I bought. And, yeah, I, 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 had, I had some help from my parents moving here to Wisconsin. I'm not going to lie. Like, they did. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm thankful for it. I have amazing parents. I'm incredibly blessed. I didn't deserve them. I thank God every day I have them. But uh, but when I started actually making money and I made sure that I could, you know, pay off any debt and bills and take care of myself and be a functioning member of society, uh, you know, I had kind of like a windfall month through uh, some additional savings, some cash I held, and uh, through some clients that came in. And uh, I bought myself a watch for my wedding. I bought myself a $500 Laurier watch because I, I, I buy watches for big moments in my life. And uh, for this one, I wanted a special watch that I could wear uh, with my suit for my wedding in May. So I was like, you know, I'm going to buy myself an expensive watch. So I bought myself an expensive watch. Looks like a watch James Bond would wear. It's a mix between Omega and Rolex. Um, Laurier, they're not paying me to say this, but uh, Laurier is a... Um, uh, a boutique watch company, and they make just beautiful, beautiful watches. Go, go look at some of their photos online. Y'all know how much I love watches. If if you've been listening to the show for a minute, I did a whole episode on it with my dad like last year. It was it was beautiful. But uh, you know, I I bought that watch, and um, I love the watch. <laughs> I really do. I, I I almost feel bad I don't wear it too often. But like when I felt it, I'm like, this is five hundred dollars on my wrist. Five hundred dollars. I remember when I used to 
sell my own like books from my bookshelf and collectible coins and shit. I remember when I used to sell those to pawn shops to afford gas money and go to work sometimes. I remember that. And here I am with $500 on my wrist. It's like I didn't even feel that money disappear because I had so much flowing in for for once. And I had a bed of cash and savings and investments that I didn't have to worry about. $500, I mean, I, I, I lose $20 on something and I would feel it for weeks. I'm spending $500 on a watch and I, I didn't even flinch. But then I started thinking, like, what, what could $500 have done for me a few years ago? I, I remember asking uh, friends for money to start businesses. Almost all my original businesses failed. And, you know, I paid my friends back, but I had to pay them back with interest sometimes. Um, you know, twice the amount that I originally borrowed from them because they were like, well, you borrowed money last time and you're still paying the interest on that. Um, come on, man. And, like, I, I remember that. But uh, all that came through a lot of luck, my inability to stop working, and this persistent idea that if I kept developing my skills and if I kept building a portfolio and if I kept networking, eventually the right things would line up with my life. So that way I could actually afford to do the things I wanted to do and I wouldn't have to just depend on one source of income. In the last couple episodes, we've talked about the last couple years for me, about how my mindset has changed, about how my spirituality has developed, about how hard times really exposed me for the talents I had as well as the weaknesses I had. Now, some of you um, have this opinion that side hustles are for poor people because why would you need a side hustle if you weren't making enough money from your day-to-day job? Okay, fair point. Yeah, I, I make a very good salary. I'm, you know, I could quit all my stuff. I could stop making money from the podcast. I could stop doing all my side hustles. And I could live off my uh, nine-to-five salary, and I would still be very comfortable. And I would still have money to save, and I'd still have money to invest. I'd still have money to go out to a nice dinner or buy airplane tickets somewhere. I could still do that. So why do I still do so many side hustles. I mean, I, I, I gave you an answer at the beginning of the show because now look at how much more money I have. I, uh, I, when, when I was unemployed um, like two, three years ago, I was just, you know, I, I needed a part-time job. I needed something to make me some money and to not keep such a big gap in my resume while I was still looking for full-time work. I remember another one of my friends had recently graduated from college and she was having uh, you know, she was having her go at trying to find full-time work. And at one point she, she complained about, you know, a bill or something. I said, you know, I, I, I can, I could put in a word at the place where I work at right now, if you want to work part-time or something, you know, there are plenty of part-time jobs in the area back when I was living in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. And she was like, Oh yeah, you know that, yeah, totally shoot some stuff my way. And then I actually go ahead and shoot her some stuff on ZipRecruiter for part-time work where they were going to hire now and stuff like that. And she texted me back. She's like, hey, Remzo, you know, thank you for the stuff. But, you know, my, my dad said that, 
Part-time work is for people who just settle. Her, her father was a federal contractor. I want to put that out there, too. And uh, I found it very ironic because her boyfriend, one of my good friends, was working a part-time job at the same time as I was. And this guy had a very, very powerful STEM degree. He was working on a, um, a, a secret security clearance for a contract he was going to try and work while um, he was still looking for a full-time job. So, I mean, that... I, I told that to him, and he was just like, dude, just, just ignore her. She just doesn't know any better. And um, that, that just shocked the shit out of me. Part-time jobs are for the people who settled. I was lucky. When I was working my part-time job, I was living at home with my parents, and I only had to work that one job, and I was still doing side work as a, as a columnist for a few different websites, writing commentary and stuff like that, whereas I knew other people who were entirely on their own who were working two to three part-time jobs that added up sometimes to over 50, 60 hours a week. And they still had to do all the stuff that nobody, nobody likes about part-time jobs. And they got almost no benefits and all their money just went to live. It went to their rent, their food, their utilities and their freaking cell phone and internet. And the cycle repeated and they, you know, some of the nicest, happiest, go lucky people had to live like that, but a lot of people like that were just not always very nice. And honestly, I get it because their lives freaking sucked. And even though some of them weren't always the nicest, I respected the hell out of them because they were doing what they had to do to live and they weren't going and begging for money. Now, all that kind of leads into whether or not you should do side hustle work if you have a reliable income through your nine to five. I, I can't tell you whether it is or is not because at the end of the day, your, your goals are not my goals. My goals are to become financially independent and a millionaire before I'm 40. So all the work I do is for the things that I love doing, regardless as to whether I make a lot of money or even no money, because I will have generated enough streams of income and opportunities to work out of convenience and through passion instead of the threat of starvation, as many people have to work in America and throughout the world. That's everything we've done on this show. It's about developing that ability. And I've chronicled it over time. And, um, you know, that's my goal. And that might not be your goal. And I'm not saying that mine is better than yours. But everything I do now, I do to get me closer to that. And moments like how much I was able to bring in this month are milestones in that journey. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a friend who was recently told that uh, be, because of some, you know, distractions at work, they don't feel that he's been putting in 100% effort and that he should probably consider leaving if he's going to stick around any longer. He should probably just quit or resign. And he recently got married, and he's a stepfather, and he is now wondering, like, shoot, should I start a business? Should I get another job? What should I do? 
Now, imagine if he didn't have just one stream of income. Imagine if he had multiple streams of income, at least enough to cover the necessities, you know, gas and groceries and, you know, let's say rent. Imagine if you had that. So that way, when your boss comes to you and says, hey, you're fired, or hey, you know, we don't like your, your, uh, you know, your current trend and we don't want to fire you, so we think you should just leave, so this is all amicable and we're on good terms, uh, despite the fact that we want you to leave. So you know, either you make it hard for yourself or you make it hard for us. Um, imagine if he could just stand up and say, you know what, fuck you. I'm going to go do my own thing because I don't need this job. Imagine if you had that. Imagine if you had enough skills so that way you could go ahead and do your work from anywhere. This idea that side hustles are for losers, it it has a negative stereotype because what's probably the number one side hustle in America? Driving Uber, delivering DoorDash, that type of stuff. How many lawyers I've met who drive for Uber? I met a man from Egypt who was going to school full-time in Washington, still driving Uber so that way he could pay for his classes and also send money back to Egypt where his wife and his children were. I've met doctors. I've met people who were business owners who were just like, you know, I'm willing to work an extra 10, 15 hours a week so that way I could pay off credit card debt. This, this judgment that some people have towards those who do additional work or work one job but then work a job that you deem inferior, uh, that's entirely a you thing. Um, you know, it, it, it comes down to just either you don't have the same goals as me or you're just an asshole. Because if you think that side hustles are for losers – then, um, you know, I don't know what other conversation we could have about that because I could tell you I do copywriting, I do podcasting, I do consult- consultations, I do uh, audio and video editing. I do a ton of shit. And I live in a, in a, in a luxury apartment in the, in, in the suburbs of Milwaukee, and I, I'm, I'm loving my life. I'm loving my life. I have a great life. I've got $500 on my wrist right now. You know, I, I, there, there, was, there used to be this phase in like the, the financial independence, retire early community, the fire community, where they used to make fun of people who would go out and buy Starbucks. You know, that, that used to be a big thing that a lot of financial planners and finance gurus would say. If you, if you stop buying Starbucks for a year, imagine how many hundreds and thousands of dollars you could save and invest into an S&P 500 or start a business, blah, 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 you know, save your life, pay your rent and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I, I used to do that. And, you know, I, I used to avoid buying coffee and stuff like that, especially when I got my first salary job, which was around, you know, like 40K or something like that. And, uh, I, you know, it got to the point where I was like, you know, I could take like this extra $5 from this, from this past week and like buy, you know, like 
$500 of a VOO or VTI or, or SPHD or something like that. But it's like, it's not, it's not ever going to be enough. So I can start seeing those dividends turn into something more than like, you know, 10 cents every other month. You know, is it really that I have a saving problem? Should I feel bad for going out with my friends? Should I feel bad for buying a cup of coffee? Then I realize it's like, wait a second, if I'm stressing out because I think $5 is going to make or break me, I don't actually have a savings problem. I have an income problem. Maybe I really want to go to freaking Starbucks. So that became less about don't buy coffee. It became more about increase your cash flow. For the past uh, five, six months, I get a paycheck every other day of the week. I've never experienced that in my life. It still feels weird to me. And it's because I have multiple streams of active and passive income. You know what you can get when you earn a lot of money? You can get a lot of shares. You know what you can get in a lot of shares in some companies? A lot of dividends. I was going over my bills and some of my finances with my fiance, and I realized that I bought so much AT&T stock in 2021 that if I invested just 10% more of my projected income into AT&T alone, I can earn enough AT&T dividends to literally pay my internet bill every month. AT&T will pay me to pay AT&T. <laughs> Think about how crazy that is. I all know how many people who make uh, close to six figures living in, North, in Northern Virginia are able to say that that's something that they're capable of doing because what they do is they make a lot of money, but they live in a high expense area. And then as their salaries increase, their lifestyle increases and they don't save cash, and they put everything into credit, which is debt. And then when the next lockdowns come, they're the people praying for a stimulus check of $2,000, hoping that somebody in the neighborhood will go ahead and donate to their GoFundMe so they could feed their kids because they lived on borrowed money and borrowed time. Side hustles aren't for losers. Side hustles are for everyone. The undercover millionaire the immigrant who needs an opportunity, and the kid who wants a job. I want you all to live a life where you can be a blessing onto other people. Because if you can take your money and use it to solve problems in your life and the lives of others that really only money can fix, Think how much better all our lives will be. You know, say what you want about our fiat monetary system. What does it say on, on our cash? In God we trust. Whether or not you believe in God or not is not the question. Respect the sentiment that you have an opportunity to do something amazing for yourself and for others. But it's your choice. And my choice is to earn as much money as possible to continue doing that and more so my impact in the world can be greater tomorrow than it was today, and I'm just getting started. 
If you want to go ahead and discuss uh, developing a small business or even a side hustle project of your own, I do consultations. Go ahead and DM me on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. I'll gladly go ahead and set up a call. Mention this episode and I will take $20 off your first consultation. Thank you so much. Have a great week. I hope you've enjoyed listening about the crazy things in my life as much as I like living it. I'm Ramsey W. Martinez. Be safe, be good. Good night.